What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! No fans, no company, no entity, all pro wrestling. Wrestling fanatics, welcome back to yet another episode of Journey into Wrestling. This is season five, episode four. I am your host, Nate, and today joining me, Crickets. I'm supposed to insert cricket sounds there because Buckles isn't here. So let's not really peel the curtain back too much because it's not really my business to reveal to the people, but Buckles has had an emergency situation. He had to step away from the show this week. Him stepping away from the show this week kind of leaves me in an interesting predicament. For the first time in, God, I don't even know how long, I'm solo casting a Journey into Wrestling episode. And for the first time in, I don't know how long, this week I also solo casted an episode of Journey into Comics. So it's been very interesting to kind of keep flexing those chops and whatnot. And it has actually been a pretty interesting and, um, you know, not the most insane news week for wrestling world. But, you know, there has been some stuff that has been, you know, said and revealed in the wrestling world that is, uh, uh, well, we've had just some interesting results in, in pay-per-views. We've had, uh, you know, some really crazy shakeups, injuries, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, usually me and Buckles kind of BS and, and kick the breeze a little bit. We can't do that today because, like I said, he's not here. But... We are going to talk about one other thing before we officially get started today because last week our listeners are probably tuning in like they do and they're like, oh man, they, they sounded so, they've been sounding great, this show sounds good and you know, season four was awesome and we're in season five now and everything's, what happened? Ice Buckles sound like shit this episode. It's not his fault. Buckles recorded the podcast and he sent me the track and it was primed and he sounded really weird. And it didn't sound good, and we couldn't release it to you with his audio that he recorded. Because of that, instead of not having an episode go up last week, because, you know, realistically that would have been the other option, we instead decided to use the audio capture from my end, which I'm always doing when I record with him just in case anything like this is to happen. It's a failsafe. It literally is just a failsafe just to say, hey, if your you know version of the recording doesn't turn out, I at least have something to present to the people. So that's what we did last week. Episode three, it doesn't sound as good. We are sorry. There's a lot of great content, a lot of stuff we discussed, you know. 
lot of stuff to dive into that um, there. So now that we're there and we're, you know, caught up on the the catching up, let's go ahead and dive right into it. We had a couple pay-per-views this weekend. We had Impact's Bound for Glory. We also had WWE's Hell in a Cell. We had a lot of stuff to talk about for both those shows. I think that, you know, really the weight of this show this week is a lot of WWE news, and I think we're going to just kind of save the WWE news this week for the end. I'm going to start with AEW this week. There's only a couple real headlines in the AEW world. While they're still doing amazing, we've had, you know, we, we, we talked about last week how there, there was the whole injury to Alex Reynolds. He was knocked unconscious. They didn't even realize it. He was out for a good solid minute in the ring. Um, you know, we've also talked about how there have been other injuries to people and dangerous spots that have been done, the Matt Hardy situation. And here we are again, and there's more injury news. And here is exactly the head so- headline from Cage Side Seats. A pair of injuries from the episode of Dynamite that aired on October 21st led to some controversy and changes to next week's show. Um, that show was actually filmed this week, too, and we're now hearing that another injury occurred during the taping. During the Abaddon versus okay 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 in the in the announced uh, Abaddon versus Ty Conti match Abaddon suffered a serious injury and was hospitalized. Their initial reports didn't have much else in the way of details, but did have the key details that she's expected to make a full recovery. On Observer Radio, Meltzer uh, said his sources gave him impression that Abaddon had been nailed in the throat during the match. While it doesn't sound like the decision's been made, it looked like it's doubtful for them match to actually air on um, Dynamite, which is now official. They've actually pulled that match from Dynamite. I just read that headline about half hour ago. So Abaddon has been on a winning streak for AEW Dark, and Jericho spoke highly about her prospects on the Saturday Night Special stream last month. Um, yeah, this is, this is again, you know, you can't put the cart before the horse. Some of these people that are in AEW, while they're amazing talent, and they all have a lot of these amazing different athletic abilities. They still have green tendencies and they don't know how to hit things without hurting people. And sometimes people are getting hurt. And, you know, she got nailed in the throat. Is it a kick that nails her in the throat? If it's a kick that nails her in the throat, it was it her own fault? Did she try to sell too hard and go into it and just took a shot to the throat? Did Ty Conti get too close and miscalculate her shot? I mean, there's there's 100,000 possibilities. And here's the craziest part. For you know, as far as I can tell, we will never see that match. If they're they pulled it this week from Dark or from Dynamite, and because they pulled it from Dynamite, and it's unlikely that it's going to air later to, at a later time because there's an injury involved, we're never going to know. So she's just going to be mysteriously injured, and we have to kind of just sit here as you know the fans and just go okie dokie. So that's what's happening you know we've got people like Abaddon getting hurt and she's like I said a really talented up-and-comer who's been um, she definitely has made an impact on the show now while that injury is scary there is another AEW news this is I'm recording this on Tuesday I haven't yet actually got to watch this match however I saw that it happened and I just want to throw a, a very amazing shout out to the very sus one cut Cutler, uh, Brandon Cutler winning his first AEW match in over a year, and then really working this whole Peter Avalon, um, Brandon Cutler storyline for literally almost an entire year. And there, you know, uh, Brandon Cutler finally getting his first win, which is awesome. It's also interesting because it's like they spent one year on an angle 
They found a clever way to tell it. Sure, it wasn't a main dynamite storyline or whatever, and Brandon is still, you know, doing his thing on Dark. But I think it's important to have people like Brandon Cutler on Dark who, um, you know, can kind of become these journeyman wrestlers who have uh, an opportunity to work younger talent while also, you know, at some point he could break out and just pop up and people will be like, oh, finally he's getting his push because he's a likable dude. And, you know, he does play the Among Us game that I'm, I'm really into right now, so it's been really fun to watch him and some of the AEW stars like Miro and Leva and Kipsky and Colt and all these different people playing. It's really also been fun that they've had a couple appearances by people who are not exclusive to AEW. We've had Brody King on there. And we've also had Zicky Dice. So that's pretty interesting, an ROH guy and a um, and an NWA guy, which, of course, I don't know what's going on with the NWA, with the contracts, how these wrestlers are, you know, what Corrigan has said. You know, he's kind of lost a couple people, not everybody, but he's lost, you know, a couple bigger names in Eddie Kingston and in Ricky Starks. Also, James Storm, who is now, uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit later, on Impact again. So we'll, we'll get there. But anyways, congrats to Cutler. Congrats to everything that he, you know, works for in the wrestling ring. And you know what? Even still, congrats to Peter Avalon because they're telling a hell of a story. And they are both very, very entertaining. And I have enjoyed watching them on Being the Elite and Dark and everything else. So that's, like I said, there's like not really a whole hell of a lot to talk about AEW. Um, I didn't see the numbers for last week at all for like ratings. And, um, because of that, I can't basically speculate, uh, what happened. Cause I don't know. So let's jump now. You know, we're just going to kind of move along. It's probably going to be a shorter episode this week, folks, only because I'm by myself. Buckles is like the star of the show. He's got all the wrestling knowledge. He flexes that muscle harder than I can. He actually causes me to kind of sit back in a way, not in a bad way, but it's just like he's so has such vast, amazing knowledge that it's just like I don't want to. Why would I cramp that style? I got to let the fucking phoenix soar. You know what I'm saying? So let's continue on here. Let's go to this the Impact Wrestling stuff because there are some pretty interesting headlines. As you know, you want to talk about a shocking moment. Sorry, I had to move a cat. This is probably one of the most shocking moments I have ever seen. And not because it's a, uh, an amazing, like, um, I don't know what the word is, like, you know, reveal that somebody's joined their roster, but it's just somebody who is working with Impact Wrestling that I never would have expected would work with Impact Wrestling. And I'm just going to uh, let you guys hear the words from the man himself. Hold on, I don't think, of course, it's a GIF. That's so dumb. I thought it was a video, so I clicked on it, and it's just a GIF, so there's no sound. Anyways, since he's not going to be revealing it himself, The Rock, the most electrifying man in sports and entertainment, is going to the Impact Zone to induct Ken Shamrock into their Hall of Fame. It's a pretty big deal, you know, the Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, has been a WWE boy through and through and through and through. And I think the closest thing I would say I've ever seen to him, like reaching across the proverbial aisle, was when he congratulated Jericho and AEW for how successful they were at the start of last year. 
when everything first started popping off. So now, you know, The Rock being even in a tiny capacity working with Impact is, um, it adds a level of genuine legitimacy to them that is, again, it's the opposite of Hulk Hogan, man. You know, Hogan, when TNA brought Hogan in, it was, here we go again, it's WCW all over again. And, and, and Hogan and Bischoff really did kind of run TNA down in a lot of ways. And you've had a lot of other stars, Angle and, and Stinger and, and, and Mick Foley and Flair, and a lot of people that have went into TNA and tried to help raise them up. And you've got somebody like The Rock, who, even though right now he isn't the greatest, most professional known wrestler in the world, or he isn't like the most over wrestler in the world right now because he's not in a ring, he is the highest paid, most successful actor in the world. So again, him joining Impact in any capacity lends credence to their uh, you know, credibility and also really allows for you know, The Rock to be in a position where he could accidentally stumble into a position where he's helping backstage and loves it and goes, oh, I should do this and I need to be a part of this and maybe they run an angle with The Rock and he loves it. You know, Maybe they do something really creative. Uh, maybe he throws a rock bottom on somebody young, some young buck or something, you know, who knows? Uh, the whole thing is, again, him him being involved at all with them is huge for them. So congrats to The Rock. Hell, congrats to Ken Shamrock for being inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame. That's huge news, too. I mean, he is a legend in the game. So that's amazing. So let's talk about what happened at BFG, Bound for Glory. They had, you know, there's a lot of matches that happened, but really there's only like three must-discuss matches. There's the call-your-shot gauntlet match that had the whole Rhino-Slater-Heath thing. Heath, Heath or Rhino wins, and Heath gets his contract, but if Heath actually is the winner, he can choose at any time and a place to be, to fight any Impact champion. Um... Let's let's talk about it though. So the call your shot gauntlet had big stakes at BFG. The winner earns the right to call their shot at any title, which like we talked about, there was the drama of Heath slash chance for an impact contract, which you know we'll talk about also. Um, and if of course if neither of them won, they would both be gone. We didn't mention that. As is common in a Royal Rumble style match, there is bound to be surprise entrances this year. We saw the returns of Davari, Swoggle, and most impressively. Cowboy James Storm. It's the first time being in Impact since 2016 uh, for the former world champion 14-time tag champs with Beer Money, Inc. Storm did not miss a beat and promptly eliminated Larry D. The final four of the 20-wrestler bout were Storm, Heath, Rhino, and Sammy Callahan. Storm and Heath were both eliminated by Callahan. Heath's chance to win Impact contract himself was over. However, this led to a regular match between Rhino and Callahan to determine the winner. Callahan quickly struck with his pile driver, but Rhino kicked down to the pinfall. Uh, Callahan upped the ante with a chair. However, the ref ordered that Callahan drop it. Once Callahan reluctantly obeyed, he turned around into a spear. Rhino covered for the three and won a future title shot and also gave an uh, opportunity for Heath to get his contract. Now, here's the most interesting thing. Rumor has it, according to Adele, that Heath is actually slated 
that's not a double pun there. Actually, I didn't mean to do that. But Heath was slated to win the Call Your Shot match. Apparently, something happened and he got injured in the match. And while he got his contract, they had to change the plans. And now Rhino, who in his career, I don't know, has ever challenged for a major world title. And I don't even... I don't even I'm not even sure if he was ECW champion. I'm going to look it up right now. Uh Let's see here. It say It do be saying he won he's won the US title, WCW US title, he's won the ECW television title. It doesn't look like he ever won the big one though. So he's never even had a shot at it, man. Rhino's a good dude. I actually met him several years ago at a comic shop around here. It was really a really neat experience, and I tried to get him to get on Journey into Comics, and he's like, I don't really do comics, man. I just want to talk to a wrestler. I didn't give a fuck. We weren't going to talk about comics, but I had to tell him the name of the show. I was like, you know, he's like, uh, you want comics? You need to get a hold of Raven. I was like, oh, shit. Well, I don't know how to get a hold of Raven, you know? And it was like big awkward. Anyways, so yeah, Rhino wins, has the shot for, you know, uh, the title his opportunity whenever it is it's interesting we'll talk about that the world title picture over on impact here shortly um now let's move on to the women's match that happened at impact because there's some stuff swirling with it and i gotta talk about it now you know maybe you guys can comment below on the post or what however you want to do or find us on twitter and at jiw on jic and interact with buckles as he's the tweeting machine give him some love shout out to buckles we love you brother um so listen we had a match that was scheduled that was deanna perrazzo versus kylie ray for the impact women's championship however kylie ray did not make it to impact and um i'm gonna let's see so uh, Deanna Perrazzo was confident heading into her mat, a much-anticipated knockout championship defense against Kylie Ray. Uh, much to the surprise of the champ, the match turned out to be against returning Sue Young, and it did not end well for Perrazzo. Uh, Perrazzo entered first with Kimberly by her side. Kylie's music hit, but she never came out. An arrogant Perrazzo grabbed the mic to issue a challenge against any woman or man in the back. The undead bride answered the call, and she also won the title so a new 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 women's champ is sue young that's incredible it's also here's the weird thing everyone involved with impact was talking about how they had talked to kylie they had seen kylie you know she'd been mentioned and all these things but when it comes time to get down to it she wasn't even at the impact zone what does that mean a lot of people thought, like, oh, my God, she fucking, like, she's been suffering with really bad mental health problems. Did she do something terrible? Luckily, as far as we know right now, no, she did not. Uh, from what we're hearing, it is an injury. There is some kind of injury that has happened to her undisclosed. Uh, however, Sue Young winning the title is big for Impact because it's a big change of the guard again. You had Jordan Grace, who was her, your champ for a long time, moved to Deanna Perrazzo, and now Sue Young. And now maybe Kylie Ray can come back and face Sue Young. Who knows? I'm not sure if those two have beef or heat or whatever. But 
I am really excited to go back because I haven't even watched Bound for Glory yet because I didn't realize Bound for Glory was even happening because I'm an idiot until after it had already been on. So I didn't get a chance to watch it in real time. And I definitely want to go back and check it out because, uh, I, like I said, I heard it was really, 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 really an awesome pay-per-view. Uh, but let's see. Let's finish up, tell you guys how it ended up. Essentially, the fight progressed with Sue keeping Perazzo on her heels. Things got wacky when the ladies did a dosi do to evade strikes. Perazzo ended up booting the referee in the face. Sue capitalized with the back to belly pile driver, but the ref was still unconscious. Kimberly got involved, smashing Sue in the back of the with a chair. Perazzo leapt off the turnbuckles, but Sue caught her with the mandible claw. Sue then spit red mist into Lee's face. During the skirmish. Perazzo rolled Sue into an armbar. The champ worked towards her Venus de Milo double armbar, but Sue slipped her hands into Perazzo's mouth for another mandible claw. Perazzo got free and exploded for three straight pump kicks. Sue would not be denied, hit a stunner, and then a panic switch to win gold. Sue Young is the new knockout women's champion, or I guess knockouts champion. They don't call her knockout women's champion. But anyways, that's incredible. It is incredible. Okay, so we had one title change on BFG Bound for Glory. Here's a weird thing. We had two title changes. So the main event of Bound for Glory was an emotional affair. Eric Young defended the Impact World Championship against Rich Swan. As I've been talking about, the challenger was coming back from a severe ankle injury with a chance to achieve vengeance and glory. We had they've had this whole storyline, you know, going back and forth, and Swan picked up steam finally. It kind of got into a um kind of go to the end of the match here. Young went back to work. By wrenching Swan's ankle in the Tree of Woe. Had him upside down in the corner there. Things looked bleak for Swan until he shot back with a surprise cutter. Swan rallied with a handspring cutter. Then took flight for a Phoenix Splash. One, two, three. Swan became the new Impact World Champion. And the locker room emptied in celebration. Um, and I, there is a little gif here that's pretty cool to see. That is uh, him on the shoulders of a bunch of the people who are uh, you know, on the Impact roster. Holding Rich Swan up. You know, it's interesting, Rich Swan's whole, uh, you know, journey, he was the kind of um, overlooked kid in WWE who, uh, you know, had, I don't know what the word is I would even use, he had the opportunity to do huge things and was just used as a cruiserweight joke. And sure, they, they gave him the title, and then he had the whole, like, kidnapping, domestic abuse, weird thing that happened that kind of got brushed under the rug because he left WWE, was gone for a time, and then returned to Imp or then showed up in Impact, and then now he's their champ. And now you've got, you know, Gotta Get Swan on Twitter there uh, is bound for glory, and he won their title. It's the biggest show of the year, closing with the feel-good moment. Um, Swan legitimately spent the majority of the year rehabbing from an ankle injury and clawed his way to the top of the mountain. It was even more satisfying doing, due to Young being such a scumbag bad guy over the past few months, which... Let's just give credit where credit is due because Eric Young is a brilliant, fantastic, amazing heel when you give him the opportunity to work. And that's all I got to say. If you give him the opportunity to work, then he will be able, you know, he just, he, I don't even know how to say it. It's like this. He is the kind of wrestler who unchained, untethered to you have to do it this way or you need to do it this way or, or you know, take out that specific line you said because it doesn't quite relate. That doesn't work for him because he emotes through his promos and he goes to this deep, dark place that is a lot of his real 
resentment and anger from being overlooked as you know a top guy who could have carried a company and who here for the past few months has really carried impact and been a great heel champion for others to work towards and look at the feel-good moment we have at Bound for Glory from Rich Swan winning from Eric Young. Like I said, like they said on cage side seats, the feel-good moment is natural because you naturally have built in this ankle thing. Eric Young is such a phenomenal villain. And he just does not, you know, know how to stop. He's he's amazing. They're both amazing. And it's, you know, ama- it's perfect that Rich Swan is finally being recognized as the talent he is. Because I've always been uh, high on him. I think he's a fantastic, just a fantastic um, wrestler in his time. And I can't wait to see what he does. Now, I want to say there was one more match that I want to look up, but I or I need to look up. But I did not, um, let's see here, where is it? Oh, here we go, yes, 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 yes. We had a four-way team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships held by the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, went going into the match against the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson, Austin Ace and Madman Fulton, and the North. And according to the... Uh, Wikiverse, the North won, which is surprising. I thought of all the teams that you should crown there. Good Brothers is definitely on that list of like probably should have. And I actually part of me thought, at least for that match, that the Motor City Machine Guns were gonna just retain. They're you know phenomenal. So you've had you actually had let's see of the titles that exist on Impact, all of them that were. In matches, except for the X Division title, which Rohit Raju retained against Chris Bay, Jordan Grace, TJP, Trey, and Willie Mack uh, in a six-way intergender scramble for that X Division title. Uh, So every other title, though, was literally changed hands. That's pretty, I don't know, impressive, but it's pretty ballsy, I guess. Because, you know, Bound for Glory is their big event. It is their kind of... Not their slammiversary, but it is their fall extravaganza. But to decide to do it now is just like crazy. And especially they're ahead of the curve. They had their show, I believe, on Saturday. So they did all these things on Saturday. And that's important to note. And it's important to note because we're going to now transition ourselves over into WWE. Now, there are only a few things. There's a lot of... Hell in a Cell news and a little bit of like where we're headed towards uh, as far as um, what's coming with Survivor Series now that that's the next pay-per-view on the board for the future of WWE. So let's get into it. What happened at... hmm, I know the matches. I actually watched this one. How do I... Where do I want to even start? All right, so after much deliberation, I think I know exactly where I need to start. I don't even really need notes. Like I said, I watched the event. I know what happened. I can kind of riff. Uh, I caught, mm, I would say, a majority of the event because I was like, oh, when's it start? And then when I tuned in, it was already like 20 minutes in or so. And So let's talk about it. Roman, Jey Uso, Burp. Uh, I burped, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to do that. That happens sometimes. So this was like one of the most 
emotional matches I've seen on WWE programming in so long. And I mean, the last J uh, Roman match was kind of emotional, but this went like to another level. I mean, this was really the the they had, they were strapped to each other, and they had the, they were doing the strap match. They also had the the K the the cell around them, and uh, a violent, vicious Roman Reigns who doesn't stop. And then the moment that was like. Wow, just like, and I don't think I. You know, Buckles said something on Twitter, and I, you know, I, not to disagree with him because I typically don't. Um, but this one time, I want to say this: I don't think he had to take acting classes to reach into the emotion of what he was feeling when he was in that. Like, I don't even know who I am. You got to think, Roman Reigns himself. Sure, he's an easy breezy, do whatever. Oh yeah, I'll do whatever. But he is now a month deep into this gimmick, or month or better into this gimmick, and, you know, it's starting to take a toll, probably internally, because he's got to kind of be an asshole to everybody, you know, and obviously the nice thing about this is he's protected right now, you're not going to arenas where there are people that are throwing shit at him, or meet, trying to meet him backstage and kick his ass, or find him after the show, or what, you know, whatever, he's protected, but, you know, that doesn't mean that he doesn't feel that he betrayed himself because he's always been a good guy. He's always tried to do the right thing. Even when he was, quote-unquote, like the heel shield Roman Reigns, he was still kind of the baby face of that group. And it's just, like, naturally built into him. So to see this full-blown turn is amazing. But, you know, when, you know, he's not quitting and and uh, Jimmy Uso is telling him, like, come on, Uso, this ain't who you are. And you see it start to, like, quote-unquote, break Roman. It's because it comes from a very real place. And he just tapped into that. And you could see him. He was really crying. He was really fucking crying on TV. Like, not just like, oh, he, he was fake crying. Like, he had the emotion in his throat. And it gave me the emotion. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is brilliant. Like, wow. And then, you know, Buckles and I have been saying this for quite some time. And I just need to, like... Again, reiterate, reiterate, reiterate. When WWE does it good, they do it the best. However, they just keep doing it so bad typically that it's really hard to say they do anything good. But like I said, when you find these moments of really brilliance, you're like, wow, they let those two performers tell a story. You're giving Jey Uso an opportunity to work the main event. You're giving Roman an opportunity to, you know, uh, really show his chops and to give a new level to this character that we're learning to, you know, either love or hate. And he's going to be, he's got, damn it, he's going to do the whole rock thing. The greatest loved heel of all time because he is so bad it's fucking good. And Roman is getting on that level just with the way he cuts promos, the things he says, the things he does in the ring, the just the the visceral nature with, it's like, you know what it is. It's like, I feel like, Roman has this really interesting position where, you know, he looks up to The Rock because Rock is family. The Usos, Afa, and the whole Wild Samoans, and, and, and everybody who's involved in that family. And Umaga, and, and let's not forget Rikishi and all them. So you got this big-ass wrestling family, and Roman has soaked up so much, but he soaked up the Attitude Era at, like, the right time. So The Rock really sucked in, like, really soaked up into him as did Triple H, 
And then, and listen, you just trust me where I'm going. Trust me where I'm going. And then it works with Triple H. As an adult, as doing his job, he, now he's not watching the wrestling. He's being the wrestling. And now he can look back and say, hold up, hold up. Who's one of the other greatest heels of all time? It wasn't just The Rock that was an amazing heel in the Attitude Era, but really Triple H was a fucking bastard. One of the worst. He was awful. He, he was terrible. It was just there. Anyways. So he gets to look and take a peek behind the cerebral assassin and say, hey, H, what would you do? How would you approach this? What would you do? Hey, Paul Heyman, what's your take on it? He has all these people he can actually fire off of, and he has such a high mental wrestling capacity that he literally can take their knowledge and turn it into good decision-making, and I've seen it. I've Listen to me. I was not sold on Roman. I like I liked Roman. I liked him, and I thought he had the the come up story that you want in that group of the Shield, where he was going to be the babyface. It was super over because Dean was the tweener who was kind of good, kind of bad. You didn't know which way the wind was going to blow, and obviously Seth had been the proven dick, and they didn't obviously anoint Roman when they should have, and then it kind of exposed him. It kind of exposed a lot of his flaws because then you realize he can't work the mic. He, he can't work crowds that good. He doesn't know how to handle a crowd if they get rowdy on him. That's evident with the fuck you Roman chants. Because um, he just let that shit happen. He didn't know how to shut it down. And I would have been like, yeah, well, anyways, I digress. Um, but now you have Roman, who's a little bit older, a little bit wiser. He took some time away from the game. Almost lost. He almost got forced out of the game because of life and having leukemia and all that. And going through that whole situation. Comes back on the other side and people are like, Roman's back, he's a good guy, cool, we can cheer for him. And it is. It feels good because he's a cancer survivor. And then all the true wrestling fans have just been on pins and needles like, okay, are we going to keep it up or are they going to do something brilliant with this guy? And sure enough, they did. And it's, you know, I don't want to equate it to the Hogan turn in the 90s because it's not. Roman, first of all, nowhere near as, no offense, Nowhere near as big a star as Hogan was at the time versus where Roman is now. While Roman is extremely popular and over. Um, I mean, God, Hogan was a fucking a national treasure of America, you know. Uh, so the national treasure of America might be the episode title. Just going to do that right now. Text it to myself. National Treasure of America. Okay. So, anyways. uh, So, yeah, Roman, you know, like I said, it's a brilliant heel turn. And it's working in his favor. But then it works even better. And let me tell you what. This is why I, I'm going to just say it again. When WWE does it right, look, I'm gushing. I'm literally fucking gushing about WWE. We brushed over AEW. Who is, listen, I think, and I think, listen, I think that's one thing I need to really set in for people. AEW, when they have payoff, it's fucking payoff. But sometimes they're slow week to week. Sometimes they can not coast, but they can just do what they know they have to do to set up what they're setting up because they know that payoff is going to be so absolutely gigantic. Um, and I feel like, you know, on the road to full gear, which we can definitely cover at the end of the episode when we get back to the other cards that are upcoming, we can do a little upcoming card section as we roll through. But anyways, 
back to the Jimmy or back to the Jay Uso thing. Jimmy does come out, and you know, essentially, he is the cause of the match ending again. He threw the talon last time, and and you know, all that. This time, it's you know, he just keeps getting the shit kicked out of him, and Jay seeing it makes him quit because his family's getting hurt. So now you've had this story where two times in a row, Roman has beat the fucking piss out of the Usos and it's been not even like close and you have this whole dominant I'm the head of the table thing they're really driving it home I'm the head of the table and I kind of love it because listen let's be honest here Jay Uso no offense not likely they're putting the WWE title on him no offense not that he doesn't deserve it not that he couldn't carry it not that he shouldn't carry it but right now, taking it off Roman would literally delegitimize de- all the work and effort you put in Roman Reigns as the best heel you have. And I truly believe he is the best heel right now that WWE has, and they are using him like a weapon. And it's kind of being you know, overlooked in a lot of ways. The numbers and shit are down for a lot of WWE stuff, but uh, it's 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 the other parts of the program. When you only have 10%, that's amazing. 90% people, they're tuning out the other 90%, you know. So um, at some point, Buckles is going to see that weird National Treasure of America thing, and he's like, what the fuck is this? And then he's going to be like, oh, episode title, cool, and then he's going to go back to sleep. Anyways, so let's get back to it. Uh, the payoff for this is that Roman gets anointed the head of the table from the Wild Samoans. They're there. They crown him. They give him the lay. You know, it's the big to-do at the end of the at the show. And now you're kind of booked. Well, and we got to get to the other thing first because we're going we're gonna to be talking about what's to come with Roman. But, see, the thing with Roman is now he technically could and I think maybe should have one final match where instead of fighting... Jay, he fights Jimmy with Jay in his corner. Since Jimmy has fucked this up twice now for Jay, even though it was not even close. And then, again, undoubtedly, Roman wins. And it's not even close. And it's brutal. And it's like, holy fuck. And then you have cemented, he's the head of the table for now. And I'm going to get there way, way in a minute. Because... Well, I'll just do it right now. Because I think the future plan of this, if you really want to, you have WrestleMania 37. It's going back to Hollywood. They have some major plans they're trying to to shoot for. They're really hopeful they're going to have some way to have crowd or socially distance or something, maybe a Thunderdome type thing. I don't know. I'm not sure what exactly is going to end up being in play when we get to March or April of next year, uh, especially with the virus and everything like that. But to continue on, you have an opportunity to book Roman Reigns and The Rock at WrestleMania Goes Hollywood. I mean, you'd have to plant the seed pretty soon here, which is why you anoint him the head of the table, and then he's head of the table for now. Because The Rock says, hey, kid, you got one more to prove. And uh, that title's looking pretty sweet, if you know what I'm saying. And, you know, then The Rock and Roman can have that dream match they both talked about wanting to have. They both want to have the match. And they both love working for WWE and making lots of money and knowing how to build big matches. So all I'm saying is I feel like that is a very viable thing that could be on the table. Will it be? Probably not. 
Probably not. But maybe because the way everything else is working, the way that Hollywood itself is slowing down and almost shut down right now, the Rocks projects are slowing down and shut down right now. So, you know, it is possible that he'll be able to find some time to make uh, to have a match with with uh, Roman Reigns that could be absolutely amazing. So, yeah, that match with Jay and Roman was stellar. And I was uh, very, very... Oh, and of course, they uh, the Usos are apparently going to be kicked down the their 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 family dynasty. I'm not sure what'll actually happen, but um, it was a very violent match, you guys. There was a lot of brutality. Um, like I said, Afa and Sika were there to give him the leadership of the family, and where Jimmy and Jay are going to stand, who knows. But the tribal chief is now Roman Reigns, which, of course, that's going to be a T-shirt if it's not, or maybe it already is. I don't know. But it should be a T-shirt. That's awesome. Uh, now let's move on because here's one that I'm going to just jump on the soapbox. We might spend a little bit longer on this one than I thought, too. We had Miz versus Otis for the Money in the Bank title. Or for the Money in the... Not the Money in the Bank title, but for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um... Thanks to Crooked Judge JBL, The Miz was given a chance to win the Money in the Bank contract from Otis at the pay-per-view. Um, you know, obviously, they've tried to find ways to get the thing off of Otis before he could cash in, and I think is a big fucking mistake. Because, well, you know what? This is just them doing exactly what they do. They have somebody who finds a way to get over that they don't think should be over. They reward them. Here you go. And they find a way to take that reward back. I'm looking at you, Mr. Kennedy. I'm looking at you, Damian Sandow. And now I'm looking at you, um, Mr. Otis. Because The Miz and Tucker uh, returning to screw over Otis and turning on him literally gives The Miz the money in the bank briefcase. Like, you're really going to do that? I really disagree with this decision, mainly because, well, okay, here's the weird thing. I am of two minds of it, because part of me is really pissed. Otis is great, and he is a young star who needs his push and needs to be in the light that he deserves to show that any size character that can get over deserves an opportunity to have the hold of the biggest gold. Obviously, you look at characters like Yokozuna. He was a champion. Andre the Giant. He was a champion. Fucking great Khali's monstrous ass. He was a champion. Big Show. He was a champion. Why can't Otis be champion? What is holding him back? And apparently, Vince was his biggest champion. And I mean that by like his biggest supporter, his biggest fan backstage. But, you know, obviously, they found a way to get around it. Now, does that mean long term this is what's going to happen? Maybe, maybe not. But my other mind is like, man, Miz has not had a title, a world title, since WrestleMania 29. That's almost 10 years. And Miz has literally had moments where if he would have had the title, he would have been the most overheel wrestler in wrestling history at that moment. No question. Talking smack moment. Like, just after that, and his rise up to just getting even better. I mean, 
there was opportunities to put the belt on him too, and they didn't pull it. So it's interesting that they decide to now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but, you know, The Miz, it's kind of weird because he's like a tweener, heel, good guy kind of thing or whatever, but who does he cash in on? Do you really think he'd cash in on Roman? I don't think so. But then that leads us, well, we've got other, well, you know what, yeah, let, let, let's do this in the right order because that leads us to who is even the other champion, right? We had... Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Randy Orton. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. But uh, Orton uh, won. I'm just going to say it. He fucking won. I was shocked. I was not expecting that at all. It came kind of RK out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's interesting because now we have The Miz as Money in the Bank winner. And Randy Orton is our champion. Think about that for a second. It's, it's wild. But then that leads us back to would Miz cash in on Randy Orton and try to win the title? That's interesting history. Those two have beef. I'm just saying. Uh, like I said, Miz probably is not going to cash in on Roman Reigns. That doesn't make any gosh darn sense. Uh, but the, 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 the Randy Orton... Drew McIntyre match was decent. It had fun beats. It had some pretty intense violence. I'm pretty sure Randy Orton like almost got stabbed in the eye with a pen or really did. I'm not sure what the status of that was. It looked pretty kind of grueling, but I can't tell. Uh, yeah, I was about it. And I was actually, like I said, I'm just going to say it again. I was actually surprised that they put Randy over. I thought that the bump from the side of the cage through the announce table is really tired and super predictable. And even more predictable when you see they have little foot fucking landings that they want the guys to stand on so that Drew can get a proper launch off to to hit it to hit the the thing right so that the crash pad doesn't, you know, not work and he doesn't, you know, bounce off the table. Uh, that one part kind of bothered me in the match. I was like, oh, kind of giving away the secrets because it's super obvious why those are there when there are only those exact four things right next to the table, which means you planned exactly this spot just for them. It's pretty fucking ridiculous when you say it like that, you know. Uh, so, okay, again, cool, Randy, champion, nice, 14-time champion, which means, and this is a crazy number, Evolution has a total... 50 world championships. That's 16 for Flair, 14 for Triple H, 14 for Randy Orton, and 6 for Batista. So, yeah, 50 titles, Evolution, one of maybe the greatest stables of all time. I mean, the, the just literally unquestioning star power that is in that group. And to think, it was almost Mark Jindrak. Wouldn't have been the same, man. It just, I don't think it would have been. I'm just really sorry that he and Randy were boys and it didn't work out or whatever. But I don't think he would have been the muscle that group needed like Batista ended up being. Because Batista just fucking looks the part. I mean, he is 
shit fire on wheels, you know, insane. So, let's move on from Randy and uh, good old, good old Drew McIntyre. We didn't have a title change in the first match. The last match of the night that I just talked about with Drew and Randy Orton is a title change. So, Rich Swan and Eric Young had a title change in their match, in their world title match. Now you have Randy Orton winning in a title change over Drew McIntyre in their match. So Drew finally losing the title after having it since being crowned at WrestleMania. So interesting. Just interesting to note that he's been he was the he's been the we should not I don't want to call him the COVID king, but like he's been the like during the coronavirus times, he's been the champ, the corona champ. So uh yeah. Let's move on to the main event in my eyes, the match that should have closed the card, the match that you know, only one way up from there. Because there was I mean, a couple other matches. I don't really care about the other match. I'm sick of talking about those other matches. I'm going to talk about this match. Because Sasha and Bailey tore the house down again. These two work together so well. They are incredible dance partners together. And they know each other's moves and beats and moments. And there were... So many just perfectly played spots and injuries and 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 ups and downs and the 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 push and pull of that match of who's gonna win and the fact that in a lot of ways I kind of had bought in like oh for now Bailey's gonna win like I know I said that I really want Sasha to win and it probably but it probably won't happen but then she fucking won. And it was like a whole oh my fuck whoa what you actually did it so now they can actually play exactly what I'm hoping they can play, which is this kind of cat and mouse chase game where now Sasha's got the gold and maybe she doesn't let Bailey get a rematch right away and actually I'm pretty sure she won't have a rematch right away based on what's going to be happening at Survivor Series. So you know you set it up and you look at it and it's just a very interesting situation we have going in to Survivor Series that Sasha's the champion because now Bailey has all this heat on her and I loved oh man start of the match Bailey has you know her her chair in the ring the symbolic chair that she betrayed her and Bailey's friendship for like the 97th time since I mean or her and Sasha's friendship since I mean you know it's not like Sasha has ever betrayed Bailey or anything Oh, she did? Oh, oh, it's a couple times now. Oh, this is just like a really long feud. They're not sure how to blow off properly. Cool. cool. Okay, cool, cool. So, yeah, this is just poor timing on them pulling the trigger anyways at um, Hell in a Cell. Not because it's like a bad event. A lot of it has to do with the fact that it's Thunderdome and there's not a real crowd. I think a real crowd would have exploded at that moment live. Really, the whole match. There's a one of my. There's a couple spots that are pretty brutal, but the kendo sticks between the steel stairs and the cell was fucking gnarly. Like a couple of the power bombs and everything. I mean, just they worked extremely stiff as well, and it was a very brutal fight. It was loved it. I mean, they also work very safe with each other, but like when they want to be stiff, man. But then also, then you look at like, okay, there's the, um, there's like a chair in the corner, Sasha going to do the double knees, misses Bailey because Bailey moves out of the way, and Sasha almost hits the chair, but she doesn't. 
And then my first thought was, do you think, do you, do you maybe think that she was supposed to hit the chair? Like she was supposed to hit that chair just then. And I did, and she didn't like sell it. Right. Cause the, even the announcers were just like, Oh, and she just missed the chair. She just barely missed that chair there. That's, precariously placed and usually when someone goes flying towards it always takes it you know that or the ring post so that was interesting but like I loved the match I loved the whole like I said the ups the downs the beats the drama of it all the constant near falls in it I mean there were so many moments I can't like I can't even I can't even wrap my brain around them there were so many good moments in the match um realistically this match also could have opened the card and had Reigns and uh, Jay closed the card, but they just closed the last event, so it's kind of nice. But again, you didn't actually have Sasha and Bailey close this event. You had them near close it, which was kind of BS. But then again, here we go. Sue Young, Deanna Perrazzo, title change. Here we are. Two title changes that mimic two other title changes on two separate shows, one night apart. Very big events, both for fall. Well, I mean, Hell in a Cell is not that big of an event, but it's getting there. Um, and it's just inter- it's just interesting because it's in the wave of the social media and the internet. Internet was pretty buzzy about Bound for Glory, and then it was pretty pretty buzzy about Hell in a Cell just because of the event in its in and of itself. So, uh, yeah, as we move forward from Hell in a Cell now, that event is over. And uh, sorry if I didn't comment on any other matches that you might have wanted to see. And there wasn't many, considering it was a very shortly booked event that definitely needed, you know, probably like three or more cards, three or more matches. But I digress. Uh, So let's talk about it really quick because there is some, like I said, okay, Randy Orton, Sasha, here we go. We're doing a whole champions versus champions thing at Survivor Series. So now the brand split has been unsplit immediately after the split because we can't fucking do it. We can't just stick with the split. We have to always find an excuse even days after, literally even days after. Uh, they do these drafts, they break the drafts. And it's just like, there's no legitimacy. You're taking away legitimacy of your own shows by not caring enough. And here's one thing that's really a bummer. Last year we had NXT involved with Survivor Series. Happening this year. Part of me thinks because they're in a little bit of a rebuilding process and their champions aren't, you know, not to say not up to snuff, but maybe not as star-powered as they need to be for the main roster. Um, So here are the matches so far announced. These are uh, brand versus brand, not title versus titles. Uh, You know, I don't think they would unify. That just doesn't make sense. Uh, But maybe, who knows? So we have Randy Orton, your... What is that, the... Universal? What the, what fucking title is on Raw? I don't even know anymore. Oh, yeah, he's the Universal Champion. And then Roman Reigns, WWE Champion on SmackDown. They're head-to-head Roman versus Randy. You had Asuka, who is the Raw Women's Champion, versus Sasha, who is now the SmackDown Women's Champion. 
Bobby Lashley, who's who? Oh, Bobby Lashley beat Slap Flap or whatever his fucking name is, Jack Flop or whatever, Snap Flip or Flippily Slam. I don't know what his fucking name is. I know it's Slap Jack, but I'm just Slim Jim, whatever. Fuck, I don't care. It's awful. It's t- like the worst name in T Bar. Undoubtedly, is and I, we're not here to just diss on Retribution. I don't care about them today. Anyways, Lashley versus Sami Zayn, your U.S. champion Bobby Lashley versus your Intercontinental champion Sami Zayn, and now the is, is it the is this backwards now? It's the Raw champs New Day, the Raw tag champs New Day versus the SmackDown champs, the Street Profits. Even though they were the other way around just before the draft, uh, they're also going to obviously have the two men and women's five v fives, which a couple people have been, um, uh, what's the word? They've actually been, um, they've qualified for. That's the word I was looking for. So I'm going to actually try to find where they say who has qualified because I did not see this yet. Um, Maybe I'm not going to. Okay, here we go. Raw highlights. Let's see. We've got. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm not gonna even try to find out what the hell's going on right now with Raw. When Buckles comes back next week, hopefully, he will help me through this. We'll be on episode five of season five. Also, we need to talk about that. Maybe we already talked about this, but at some point, we got to drop the number and the season because we're gonna do this every week. That's a lot of episodes. And instead of going season five, episode fifty-one, season five, episode fifty-two, season six, episode one. It's just like we're changing a number to change a number, and I kind of just, like, fucking love the show where we're at right now. So I don't think we're going to do a season for a couple seasons. I think we're just going to lock in, and season five is going to transition into a number-based thing from all the episodes we've already done in the past. So it'll just, like, kind of make sense and hopefully not be too confusing to you guys when we do make the change. Um, Maybe we'll even make it something in the actual title of the episode, like, don't forget this is also this so you aren't confused. I'm so sorry, I'm a little sniffly. The fucking change of season, you guys, it's killing me. This year, the change of season is out to take Nate down. Oh, let's look at the full gear card. I wanted to talk about that. That's the last thing we're going to discuss, because I am big hyped on the full gear card, you guys. like Full gear is, uh, the se- this is the second year that we're having the event. Obviously, under much different circumstances, it's going to be the first pay-per-view or the first wrestling show of importance after the uh, elections happen this coming Tuesday, please go vote. And please, just for the sake of our country, do not vote in the red column. I know typically I would never ask you where to vote, and typically that's really wrong of a person to do. But I do believe we are in really, really dire straits because of conservative thinking. And uh, I hope that we can find a path out of this. Because if not, we are going to find a path into destruction. Anyways, so full gears coming up November 7th. Here's the matches we've got announced so far. Good old TBD versus TBD. With the winner receiving a future AEW World Championship match. Obviously, this is the Eliminator Tournament final, which we don't know yet who's going to be in it. Wink, wink. Obviously, it's going to be Hangman and Omega. Let's just be fucking real. They're going to put that match together. It needs to happen unless an injury happens. That's probably the match we're going to be getting. 
Cody, who is the AEW TNT champion, will be facing off against the Darby Allen, who, you know, Cody loves to bleed, Darby loves to bleed, Cody loves weird spots, Darby loves weird spots. We could be in for a really death-defying, crazy, psychotic-type match. The match that, you know, a lot of people are really excited for, and really, this is a fucking stacked card when you guys think about it. Uh, FTR, that's Cash and Dax, versus the Young Bucks tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. We have a amazing AEW World Championship match in John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in an I Quit match. Those two have a long history with each other. They work amazingly with each other. Eddie Kingston is a maestro on the mic. I just am going to say it again until I'm blue in the face. He's one of the greatest promos out there. Do not sleep on him. Here we go. Another match that's going to be on the card, which is super exciting. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. The Elite Deletion match. Fuck yeah. Now, here's where we're going to get into some interesting territory. This is the last match I'm going to announce. And it's going to come maybe from a different angle. But we're having the same kind of shit again. Instead of getting a Hikaru Shida... A storyline built up that really is important, or Nyla Rose and her really working their feud. We have no match announced. We have about two weeks to go, two two dynamites to go before we're going to get to the pay-per-view. And no opponent for Hikaru Shida. T- TBD, again, TBD taking up three spots on this, on this card in the first match and in the sixth match they have announced. Uh... But could it maybe possibly somehow be that Deanna Perrazzo lost? And not only that Kylie Ray didn't win because she was unavailable to be in the match, but that they put Sue Young in that place. So maybe we could get a banger of a match in Sue Young versus Hikaru Shida, where again, AEW gets to bring another company into the little bit of the spotlight. And again, they can work this really interesting champion versus champion angle, and then maybe, oh my God, a Su Young v Hikaru Shida v Thunder Rosa. Oh my gosh! Like I can't even. It's like ah, it's fucking brain melting. You guys. Also, I just want to say if there's a couple little short pauses, I'm trying not to like sneeze or die on the microphone because like I said, all of a sudden my allergies just picked up really bad here at the end of the show and I'm trying to just like fight my way through. So let's go back for a second. Look at that AEW tournament really quick before we get out of here. We've got, because we had a big change, you know, uh, I didn't even mention this. Holy shit. Fuck. I'm, I'm an idiot. I didn't mention this. Uh, Ray Phoenix is out. Penta is in. Uh, Phoenix injured himself or got injured, he injured himself, got injured, however you want to look at that. Due to him having to forfeit the match due to injury, Penta is stepping in as the winner, meaning we are getting a Penta-Kenny Omega rematch from All In. And one second. So yeah, we've got this All In rematch between Kenny and Penta. The first time was fun. It wasn't anything super explosive. You know, greatest match of all time you know, 50 fucking star match or anything like that, but it was really good. Um, I'm not sure actually what I rated it. I need to probably go back and listen to the all-in recap and talk about it. Um, Adam Page is going to be facing Wardlow this week, both on Dynamite. Pence and Kenny, you know Kenny's going over. Um, Maybe not, though. Maybe we could be swerved right now. Uh, Hangman 
in Wardlow. Uh, you most likely are going to see Adam Page come out on top in that match. Probably not to any shenanigans, but who knows. And then, you know, obviously we got to see what happens with uh, this whole Jericho, um, Mr. MJF, you know, thing that's going on. Because that's a whole uh, drama, as it were. Anyways, folks, I'm going to stop babbling. It's late. I've given my 110% effort. I hope I made some semblance of coherence in my solo cast here alone, rambling about wrestling. Uh, Buckles, love you, dude. I really do hope that everything turns out in a good manner, uh, especially in these very, very terrifying times that we do live in. Thanks to the state of our nation, which is thanks to the terrible leader in the office. That's all I'll say about that. Anyways, folks, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out Journey Into Wrestling. You guys know where you guys can find us. Just search Journey Into Comics Network on all the different podcasts and feeds, baby, if you will. You got to get us on Apple Music. You got to get us on Amazon Music. Oh, yeah, dig it. You got to get us on Podbean. Let me tell you something, me, Gene. You got to get us on Stitcher and Google and all those different fucking places. iHeartRadio. Castbox, tune in, many others. You can even say, Alexa, play podcast by Journey into Comics Network. And that shit will happen for real. It is not a lie. It is crazy. It will really happen. All right, folks. Anyways, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. Again, also go to journeyintocomics.com. That's where you can get like the entire network in its truest form on a desktop. If you do it on your phone, it's not quite the same. It's kind of the image. But if you want to see like what our vision is and how we want to present what we do to you guys, journeyintocomics.com is the best option. Also, make sure to go to Twitter, man. I'm going to just say it again. Tweet Buckles. You guys can talk to him, become friends with him, interact with us on the you know different live tweetings that happen for our show because we're talking a lot of wrestling here guys we're talking about all kinds of stuff and i didn't cover any of the indie stuff this week holy shit you guys so right when i was about to go off the air and call it a night and i'm doing all my like final show preparations and shit and i happen to pop on to the interwebs and the internet is blowing up because serena deeb has dethroned thunder rosa as nwa champion and that is massive news, especially considering I was just telling you guys how it'd be interesting, you know, to have a triple threat with uh, Sue Young, Hikaru Shida, and uh, Thunder Rosa. Now Serena Deeb is is the NWA Women's Champion, and uh, that's amazing and very well deserved too. She's again kind of a journeyman wrestler, has had a lot of experience, been in the game for a long time, had ups and downs. And has really finally found her footing and her place in the industry. She's already signed to AEW, though, which I think is interesting. And also I think it's interesting because I'm pretty sure that Thunder Rosa's contract with NWA might be up. It's kind of the things I'm being alluded to when I'm reading here. So there's supposed to be some sort of uh, special event happening uh, sometime soon. Uh, that, uh, let's see, could possibly have them, uh, I guess they were originally going to, okay, okay, they were originally going to be on primetime live series, but Deeb had to self-quarantine and Rosa defended the belt against Priscilla Kelly instead. So then they instead just recently did the match, I guess tonight was when the match was, and sure as shit, Serena Deeb beats her 
in their second match, which means now they need to have a technically a rubber match to see who is the true winner. And that's really cool that they actually, again, legitimately put a title on somebody who might not have it for long, but it le legitimizes them even more. That title being on someone who's also on another company has really interesting questions and implications. I'm not going to talk about or read into the rumors and Marty Skrull stuff. I'm not sure. I don't know. Until I see what's happening, I literally don't have any clue, and I'm not going to speculate until I have some concrete evidence and can know what the fuck I'm talking about. But anyways, congrats to Serena Deeb. Let's officially, officially get out of here. I'm going to scrap that previous outro. You guys probably won't even know it happened because I'm going to do some quick editing here. Anyways, folks, I want to thank you so much for listening to Journey into Wrestling Season 5, Episode 4, National Treasure of America, with a shocking twist at the end there. I have been Nate, and I want to thank you guys so much for checking out this week's episode. We'll be back next week, and see you soon.